Thursday. It is the 22nd of April, and it is a Thursday. I'm Todd Brinker. This is Back from the Brink. Aaron will be joining us in just a minute. Um, so as we went to break, we were talking about, uh, well, actually, let me tell you, we had a, we did our, our uh, trivia question as we left the radio show. So think about this, and then we'll give you the answer when Aaron uh, joins us. What 1970s TV show cop had a cockatoo named Fred as a pet. Cockatoo as a, as named Fred. Yeah, um, for those of you who uh, lived during that time, you'll remember him distinctly. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the we, we don't want the name of the actor. We want the name of the show or the name of the character. Um, so uh, see if you can remember who had a pet named Fred. I always wondered, you know, I, I, I remember um, finding out that, like, you know, a cockatoo like that costs like $10,000. I'm going, how does a cop afford a $10,000 bird? Um, but I guess, you know, if you, if you love them and you want them, then, uh, then they will be yours. Anyhow. Remember Fred. Yeah. Yeah, this guy had uh, some interesting things. The actor, by the way, had some interesting things happen to him later in his life, too. And we'll talk about that if you remember who uh, who he is. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who has Fred? Anyhow, um, let's see what's going on. Uh, apparently, uh, El Dorado Hills High School uh, has turned, uh, Oak Ridge High School in El Dorado Hills, has shut down. Uh, there's over 200 kids that are now in in quarantine. They had uh, a outbreak. 14 different students tested positive for cor- coronavirus, and 104 students and staff have had to quarantine. Oh, they said 200 earlier. Uh, had to quarantine due to exposure to the students. Um, they are doing full distance learning as they quarantine, uh, and then they're going to return to their hybrid model after uh, you know after having quarantined for a period of time. But apparently they found that there are a bunch of asymptomatic people who were testing positive. And so there was a fairly big outbreak. They uh, said that there was an additional 12 positive tests for a total of 26 in the district. And that uh, one staff member tested positive as well. And uh, and that they've got you know, a total of 166 people um, uh, school district wide quarantining. Um, but because they've set up for hybrid school and online school like everybody else, even while they're quarantining, they're not missing classes. They're just continuing to do the schooling online. So what the heck is that noise? There we go. I don't know if you heard that or not, but it was certainly in my ear. An ad started playing while I was looking at the news page for the El Dorado High School things. So irritating. That's such a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand it when I go to a web page and it starts playing video without me clicking on anything you know it's just i'm looking at something and suddenly it's talking to me and very often it's an ad which wasn't something that i wanted and it's interrupting what i'm trying to do and then i'm looking around trying to shut the thing up and most browsers now in the tab you can click on it and shut up that tab or you can you know somewhere up above you can click on a little microphone or a speaker thing and it'll shut up the entire browser so that it can't make any noises um 
but holy moly, is that irritating. So um, there's been a new study, uh, uh, USA Today or, and, uh, and the Huff, Huffington Post have both uh, carried the article about how having a good sleep cycle can help protect against dementia. Um, and what I wonder is, is this, is, a, is this good science? Is this really, is it a correlation or causation? Uh, here's Aaron. Hello there. Hello, hello. So that um, hour went quick earlier today, the hour on KCAA. Yeah. It was quick. It did. Yeah. In fact, when you were saying, okay, we're out of time, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I wasn't ready with our trivia question yet. Um, by the way, trivia question again was uh, what 70s TV show um, uh, investigator or cop had a pet cockatoo named Fred? Do you remember? Do you know? You You were. A child, you probably didn't watch Beretta. It was Beretta. That's right. It was Robert Blake who, you know, was infamous later in life. Actually, he was famous very young in life too, because he was a, um, uh, as a child, he was a child actor, actor, and uh, uh, was in. He was a uh, little rascal. Yeah, he? he was. He was a little rascal when he was a little kid, and then uh, as an adult, did. Um, uh, he was starred in a movie called In Cold Blood that kind of was super famous for, and then did the TV show Beretta for for uh, quite a few years, and was you know uh, just I mean pretty much a success story in Hollywood right up until he shot and killed uh, Bonnie Lee Blakely and his uh, wife Bakley, yeah, and he was um, uh, arrested, charged, tried, and then acquitted, and so. Um, uh, and then she has three children who then filed a civil case against him, and he was found liable for wrongful death in the civil case. And uh, he's, you know, had to file for bankruptcy and has basically lived in, uh, 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 you know, out of the spotlight since that time. He uh, uh, certainly know, he's passed away by now, hasn't he? Uh, has he? Nope, he's eighty-seven. Uh, uh- Oh, okay. Because, I mean, Little Rascals, that was on in the 30s. Yep. He's 87. He was born in 1939. So he was one of the later Little little Rascals. And, you know what? After Bonnie Lee Blakely uh, died in 2001, he got married again and was married from 2017 to 2019 and then got divorced. So, um, yeah. He's a troubled soul. Yeah. You never know what the deal is, but uh, he's been married three times. And my my recollection of this, and I could be mistaken, is that he never denied having shot her. I think what he said was is that it was accidental, right, or something like that. I don't remember the specifics of the case, but uh, um, anyway, he was he was uh, um, acquitted of you know criminal in the criminal case, but then he lost the civil case and got sued for thirty million dollars and basically uh, uh, filed for bankruptcy. So. Yeah. Interesting guy. But Beretta. Beretta was uh, the TV show for sure. You got that one. Cool. I thought hey. that was maybe before your time and you would be like, no, I was I was a baby. I was a child then. I didn't watch those shows. I didn't know. So, uh, yeah, what years were Beretta, was Beretta on? You know, the murder of Bonnie Lee Bakley. Yeah. I think that's why I know. I mean, so right, I, that, I have vague recollections of reruns being on television. Yeah. Yeah, and you're yeah. right. He was, yeah, that um, was well after he had been on TV for a while and, and kind of been retired, I think, for a while at that point or was doing limited work. 
Uh, maybe he was trying to get work, but he certainly wasn't doing a whole lot. Um, and uh, yeah, so 75 to 78, so only three years, was the uh, um, Beretta on the air. So, yeah. He also played Jimmy Hoffa in a, in a TV miniseries. I remember that. I remember him as Hoffa because he had the the Hoffa haircut because he usually had you know a full head of hair and Hoffa always wore his hair very closely cropped so it looked diff- different excuse me so huh. yeah anyway so do you think we'll ever find Jimmy Hoffa or do you think no. they you know killed him and fed his body to the pigs oh yeah he's sleeping with the fishes they'll never yeah. <laughs> no that ain't happening <laughs> So there's an article uh, that I started to talk about just before you came on. They were saying um, that they have said that, that, you know, good sleep helps protect you against dementia. And I don't doubt that good sleep protects you against a lot of things. But I'm wondering if if it's if it's if that's really causal or if it is coincidental, because um, I have also read that people with dementia, one of the side effects is they have disrupted sleep patterns because their brain is not processing properly. And so. You know, does the bad sleep come from the dementia or does the bad sleep cause the dementia? I don't know that it's causal. And so, um, well, I, I, I will say that, that if, if I'm not sleeping well, mm-hmm. my memory is terrible, especially right. my short term memory. I could look at something and a second later it's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it never quite, you, it's hard to process on, on, on anything because yeah, your brain is just not, not snapping on firing on all cylinders. Right. So right. they're saying that they found that people who regularly slept for six hours or less in middle age had about 30 percent higher risk of developing dementia. Um, so it, it may not be that the sleep is causal. It may be that the sleep is indicative of somebody who is is, you know, in a pre-dementia state or is likely to be- develop dementia. So, you know, they're they're not really talking about whether it's causal, I guess, here as you read through it. But they, the implication but- of the headline. See, that's the danger of reading headlines. People who read headlines get get wrong information all the time because headline writers are writing something to try to get you to read the story they and so very often it's it's inflammatory or wrong they just write it because they want you know whatever they can to catch your eye so but every perimenopausal and menopausal woman i know um is sleep deprived we don't sleep well yeah and i think that's just the state uh, of being a woman right i mean through the child rearing years you don't sleep because you've always got one ear half awake you know, to say, yes. did I hear somebody move in the room, you know, four doors down and across the house? You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, I don't know and, how you guys do it. <laughs> genetics. It's genetics. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know because it's like, you know, you're, you're always watching out even when you're sleeping for, for the whole family. Not that the so, guy isn't the protector and there are guys who sleep lighter, but usually it's the wife going, wake up. I heard something. Uh? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, we're more, we're more attuned, attuned to the kids, like you yeah. know, empathically attuned to our children. Although yeah. not all women, but many women. Yeah, and, and a lot of men are very, you know, like I said, some are men are light sleepers, and there are also men that are very tuned into you know any bump and creak in the night. I luckily sleep pretty soundly, but, uh, you know, everybody goes through sleep cycles at night too. And when you're in REM sleep or light sleep, you're much more easily awakened. But during the cycle where you're in deeper sleep, which is when your body is doing like physical regeneration, um, 
you're much harder to wake up and everybody is you know it's just how much time well, do you spend sense. how much time do you spend in deep sleep versus REM sleep and light sleep you know i mean they say that REM sleep is where you're doing like mental regeneration so that's where your brain will get sharper is if you, you know, and you and you need to sleep at least a 3 hour block uh to go through a REM sleep cycle um but that the deeper sleep is where you're like physically like repairing muscles and and uh uh doing physical repair so or at least that's the primary thing that's going on then or or it's more more of that is going on it doesn't like it doesn't go on all the time but uh yeah the whole sleep thing is interesting i have uh, a sleep sensor underneath my mattress and so i can see how much time i spend in rem sleep light sleep and deep sleep and it's um I go through phases where I go and look at it and say, well, where am I at right now? And, you know, have I been sleeping well? Or I, I don't, I, you know, if I feel tired, I'll go back and look at my, my sleep cycle and say, well, you know, how, how much was I sleeping? Was I sleeping, you know, more or less easily? Does, did my sleep patterns change? And very often that's the case. You know, you'll, you'll wake up feeling groggy or something and you go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, for whatever reason, I wasn't sleeping as well as I could. And there's things they tell you, right? They say exercise earlier in the day. Don't exercise before you go to bed because that, you know, uh, your body releases a lot of um, um, uh, different uh, hormones when you exercise. And that, that will keep you from sleeping if they're still in your system. So you should exercise earlier in the day. And, uh, you know, don't drink too much alcohol before you go to bed because that will disrupt your sleep patterns. Um, and also dehydrate you overnight. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of things you can do if you're not sleeping well to, you know, look at your habits during the day. You know, get rid of all the stress in your life. That's easy. Just do that, and then you'll sleep fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. So I was talking to a friend of mine who was who's just been really. I mean, you know, her workload is heavy, and you know, she had gone to her doctor, and doctor's like, "Well, you have to reduce your stress." And 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 she looked at her doctor and went, "Really? How do you do that?" Yeah, tell you me, know? tell me, tell me, where do you reduce the stress? Quit my job right, and right. move and to the mountains and be a hermit. I mean, come on. Right, exactly. Because you got to work, and at the time she had kids at home, and you know, husband is working, and all these things, and yeah. it's I'll like, become a hermit and abandon know, okay. my children in life, and then I'll be stress free. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah. you know, and you know, you know that the doctor has a lot of stress. So like, yeah. all right, all right, physician, you're telling me to do this. How do yeah. you do it? Yeah, that's such a stupid <laughs> generic thing to say, you know, lower your stress. Right. Like I chose yeah. to ratchet my stress up. And they'll say, well, you know, you you know, you made decisions and like, yeah, tough decisions. Like, let's have a job so we can eat and live in a house. Those are really um, exactly. you know, bad decisions that I took that are causing me stress. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like my dad. He's always says stress makes the world go around. And he's right. Yeah. You know, a non-stress life is is a life that that does nothing. <laughs> you know. Yes. Although it's people true. who do nothing probably get stressed about it too. Yeah, I that, I would find doing nothing complete. I mean, I, I certain for short periods of time doing nothing mm. is great when you have a really stressful life. But, yeah. you know, always forever doing nothing, that sounds awful. Doesn't it? I get so bored. I'd be bored out of my mind. Yeah. Yes. That said, you know, every once in a while, if you can, if you can manage a day where you just like you've you've shifted everything off, uh, off, and you get a day, 
where you just, you know, it's great. Do not, I mean, remember I talked about it the other day. I did one one day in all of COVID where I spent the entire day just in sweats. And I hadn't, you know, they always talk about it on TV. Yeah, everybody's been living in their sweats. I had not done that. I got up, got dressed, you know, just went about my day. One day I very intentionally just said, nope, I'm not putting on pants. I'm staying in the sweats all day long. And that's what I did. And it was just, and, and I had kind of set that day up, but it was, and I, I didn't do a whole much, a whole bunch of anything, you know, didn't have to go anywhere. Didn't, didn't, um, didn't have to do anything. It was just, that was the day. Although I say I didn't do anything. I did get up and do the radio show and the podcast with you. So, but, uh, you know, my commute's a killer. So <laughs> yeah, it was at the 30 feet from the, the house to the shack out back studios. Have to watch where you step, though. You know, there's sometimes leaves out there, and they crunch, and they're noisy. <laughs> it's funny in the morning or when it's quiet out, though. You know, you're making noise like that, and you go like, "Oh, shh, shh." Just don't want to disrupt the silence of the morning. And as I'm very quietly trying to not step on the leaves, I like, you know, walk into a wall and knock over a metal ladder that clanks, and, sh- and I'm like, "Oh man!" <laughs> and and I hate to say it, but I've done that, and I've done it more than once. So. <laughs> It happens. It mm-hmm. happens. It is a crisp morning. So if you are the kind of person who likes to take a walk in the morning, it is nice. it's a nice day to do that. Mm-hmm. So 57 degrees outside, speaking about the morning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I like, you know, for the next uh, seven days or so, it's going to be cooler, which I, I kind of enjoy, you know, spring while we can. It's only 55 here. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be like, middle of next week before it starts getting warmer and in fact um the folks at dark sky are saying that it's going to be overcast most of those days with with rain possible on monday so and oh, I, I realize it's only thursday so that's you know five days out and so the predictions are you know can change a lot between now and then but we could use it we could we could use it you know and these partly cloudy doesn't mean that we won't get you know some some little sprinkles here and there too so you know if you're in one of those spots, enjoy it while you can, right? Hmm. I was getting I ready to put I... my banana plant. I've been babying a banana plant for uh, half a year. I got this little plant online, and it's it came, and the little thing looked like a blade of grass sticking out of a pot about four inches tall. I mean, it was tiny. And it is now about four foot tall with big leaves on it, but it's been inside because it's been, you know, it's a banana plant and it's been cold out. And so um, I was getting ready. I started digging the hole. I'm going to transplant it to outside. But given that we're still getting some cooler weather, I mean, it's not cool enough that it's going to damage the tree. It's not freezing or anything. Or it's not actually a tree. It's a big plant. But it, they grow about 10 foot tall. But I think I'm going to wait at least another week before I transplant it outside. Because um, I've, I've read that, it, you know, you can grow the plants inside, but inside they tend to not bear fruit. And plus, I don't have ceilings that can handle a 10 foot tall tree. So, so if it, yeah. You know, um, so I've, I've got a, uh, I got a, uh, an automated timer on a sprinkler hose and I've got a soaker end on it so that it will get watered regularly cause they need to stay lots of moisture and lots of fertilizer. Um, I want these bananas. I want them bad. I want these bananas. So I'm going to hope my plant, you know, I've been babying this plant. I want this plant to grow. Uh, I, I want fresh bananas. I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, I, you know, don't they require a, uh, more humid climate to grow and, and, and do well? So um, they, uh, from everything I've read is, and there's obviously lots of different varieties of them, but um, 
uh, is that they will be okay in our environment. We've just got to make sure they stay watered because uh, they have big leaves, and so they'll dehydrate very quickly in, in Southern California summer. So you need to keep water on them. And um, where I'm placing it, it is sort of uh, slightly to the north side of an avocado tree, so it won't get, like, pounded by midday sun quite so badly, I'm hoping, as the avocado tree sprouts up and does its thing each year. And so, um, you know, that way it'll, it'll, you know, hopefully be a healthy, happy, hardy plant and provide me with some nanas. And as I understand, well, they, um, the plant, after it bears fruit each year, you basically cut back the stalk and then the, uh, it, it has rhizome in, rhizome in the ground. And so new plants will spring up from that next year. And so it'll just continue to return. And so, um, you know, you should then be able to get plants season after season, which would be nice. Um, and what I'll probably do when that happens is, um, uh, you know, try to get a small cutting that I can bring inside and nurture over the winter again. And then I'll leave some of it outside and see what happens and see which ones grow and how, how it works. But my hope is to have a self-sustaining banana plantation going there in my front yard, in my side yard. Uh, um, I just want this banana. You know, it's the the banana that we get today in a store, the banana that we all call the banana, the yellow banana. I mean, there's, you know, red bananas and there's all kinds of um, plantains and stuff, but it's a Cavendish banana. And in the 50s, the banana that everybody bought in the grocery store was called a Gros Michel banana. And apparently there was a banana blight and it killed off all of the commercial Gros Michel plantations. But the Cavendish was immune to that blight. Uh, but there are still Gros Michel bananas out there, but they're just, you know, onesie twosie here and there. They're not like grown commercially because of this blight that killed them all. And everything I read says the Gros Michel is a better banana. And so, I don't know, I got reading about it one day and I went, okay, I want one. So I went and found a place that could sell me a Gros Michel banana plant. And that's what I've got. So I'm hoping that my Gros Michel bananas are not gross and that they grow well. So we'll see. And when I get them, I'll share, huh. I'll share my Gros Michel bananas with family and Thank friends. Thank you. And we can all say, yep, Thank that's you. a pretty darn good banana. The people in the 50s had it good. So, we'll see. Well, that's we'll awesome. See. I don't want to count my bananas till they've sprouted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they don't hatch, so, like, how do you yeah. say that? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I, you see, there was a hesitation there as I went till they sprouted. <laughs> it's like, sprout, grow, grow. Till they've harvested. So, till they've been harvested. There's the better way, right? And an online petition has worked. And like you said, you know, there's petitions for everything. <laughs> but LeVar Burton they must LeVar work Burton once is in a while. going to be the exactly. Well, LeVar Burton is going to be the new host of Jeopardy. Oh, he's the guy, huh? They they announced it. He's the awesome. guy. I was yeah. worried they were gonna pick uh uh Aaron Rodgers and then he was gonna retire from football. <laughs> Not really. Seriously? Not really. Oh. But uh, he, he, you know, he was one of the guest hosts. He did a week. Um, I like oh, LeVar I Burton. I can see him being great at that. Yeah. You know, and, and there's this built-in audience of all these kids who watched Reading Rainbow when they were growing up. Yeah. You know, Reading and, Rainbow, Star and Trek the fans. Older people in the Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's this. Um, there was, was a change.org. That's right, he was. Uh, there was a change.org petition on Twitter um, uh, that which had 250,000 signatures. Uh, and uh, the show has announced that Burton will be one of the final guest hosts for season 37. 
Um, oh, sorry. The headline. This is, I got not Nan. Um, dang it. So I got caught up in the in the headline. So ah, he's going to be one of the last ones. So they final haven't guess. Said okay, so they haven't named the host yet, but he'll be. Yes. He's just the one of the last batch of. Well, I think he'll be great at it. I hope it goes well because you know eventually they are going to pick somebody who's official. Although I've got to say, um, uh, you know, while we were talking, I did a quick uh, look up on his Wikipedia page and and just you know and and when you first type in the thing somebody's name, there's a bunch of pictures pop up. He's sixty four. He's got gray no. hair. He's got gray hair. He forever in my mind is is you know Jordy, Jordy LaForge, <laughs> who said he he's was allowed 64? to grow old. Come on, Lavar. Yeah, he's sixty four years old. You know he's born in West Germany. Went to Drexel University. Oh, is, he, is he a military brat? Um, probably. Let's see. Mother, social worker, father was a photographer for the U.S. Army Signal Corps. Yep. Military guy, grew up in a military family, raised Roman Catholic, went to a, uh, oh, he even entered a seminary at one point, planning to be a priest. And then, like apparently everybody else, decided not to. I know they've got a shortage of priests. Um, but They uh, need to let priests marry. Yeah, well, they also have an issue with, you know, sort of um, uh, an image problem, let's put it that way, given their bad behavior in the recent past, so... Um, yes, see. they do. Um, you know, and that's putting it mildly. Um, the, yeah, reading Rainbow, Star Trek, Roots. I mean, this is a guy who's who's just had a heck of a career. I, I you know, he, he doesn't do a lot these days in terms of like, you know, movie or TV work. But I mean, every time I see him in something and every time I've seen him in things in the past, I've enjoyed it. He's really good. So good. I hope he does well. Um, you know, if so far of the names that I've heard, um, and I'm, I'm not followed it super closely, but of the names that I've heard, if he ends up being one of the, um, uh, you know, finalists, or if he ends up being the guy that they ultimately do pick, I think they, they couldn't do better. He's great. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. He does a lot of like, uh, uh, like voiceover work, like narrations and stuff. And he has a unique voice and it's not like James Earl Jones kind of voice, but you just, as soon as you hear it, you go like, Oh, I know who that is. You know? Yes. So, Yeah. Cool. So um, there's a you know that missing sub. I think we mentioned it right. yesterday or the day mm-hmm. before. It has a as of last night, 72 hours of oxygen left. Um, so apparently, oil slicks could point to a sign from crew or disaster aboard this KRI Nangala 402, which is an Indonesian submarine, German-made right. submarine. Um, I hope they find these men and I, I you know, too. I, I really would be wonderful so, if they found them and they're alive and we just need to, you know, like float resurface the sub or something. Yes. So the U S Australia, France, and Germany have offered help, uh, while Singapore, Malaysia, and Malaysia have sent ships to the area. Um, yeah. and Singapore has a submarine rescue pack of Indonesia. So they, ju- they were able to just jump right in and start helping sure. Uh, you got to think and, that every every submariner in every navy around the world is going like help these guys, you know. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Right? Let's help yeah, these guys. Yeah, exactly. Because that's a risk that every one of them faces every time they get into their into their uh, boat or ship or however they term it and and go under the water, you know. And uh, you know that's like every submariner's nightmare. And so, yeah, 
yeah, I hope that they accept that help and that we can get out there and start looking as soon as possible. So Although they have... You, you would think, like, we don't have to ask permission to look. It's a free ocean, right? But but officially, you know, you hope that, Well, yeah, and you want to coordinate, right? Right. So it reminds me... Okay, so there is this, um, this show that I think was on Hulu, um, or maybe it was HBO Max, but it was about this... Uh, this this uh, Swedish journalist who was um, murdered in Denmark, she had gone to um, this guy's submarine. He had a personal submarine. She was interviewing him there and she disappeared and they, it took forever, but they, I mean, it took a lot of effort, but they found the submarine. Um, uh, and I, and I wonder if, if they could be tapped to help find it because it was, you know, they, this, this particular show, and this, this, this was a true story. Um, this particular show, um, talked about all the the different currents and how how the jet streams move and you know mm-hmm. out in open water and rough water and um you know because they're they're yeah they're, the ocean uh, isn't a giant bathtub there's a lot of stuff going on out there it, yeah exactly and currents you know different currents mm-hmm. behave differently and yeah. and you know and i you think I about how the weather is right and how the wind moves around and there's high pressure and low pressure and air blowing wind blowing one way or the other the ocean's the exact same way it's just you know heavier and thicker but there's all kinds of eddies and currents and flows and yeah yeah there's surface movement and there's there's um movement below the surface or current below the surface and you know anyway so i i i wonder if the people who were involved because this was a highly specialized field of you know trying to figure out where something was um and they you know and so I, i wonder if any of those individuals are 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 helping out the people who helped find that submarine um, yeah, I'm sure they've got the one. best yep. experts that are available trying to figure it out, or at least, you know, saying, well, if it went here, by the time it hit the bottom, it could be, you know, miles from that location based on the flow of the water and stuff if they had lost control. But, you know, again, if, if they had partial control, then they might not be where you expect. You know, it's it's people, you know, forget how big the oceans are, you know, and how big space and is. And how We're, deep. We don't, we don't have good um, spatial uh, understanding of, of really, really big things, you know, like that air, airplane, the Malaysian airplane that went down and out in the ocean. You know, we ne- we still have never found the main wreckage of that. We're not sure where it is. It's just lost out there somewhere in the ocean. Um, and someday somebody in a submarine or somebody zooming by with a sonar or something looking for something else may stumble across it and go, hey, hey there it is. Um, but uh, it's... It's just, it's a big, big place. And so, yeah, you know, Godspeed to all of them. I hope they find these guys, you know, and hopefully they're all fine and sitting there waiting for help. Yeah. How terrifying. Yeah. So give us a positive story. Something happy. You know, we're talking about how big things are. Yesterday I was um, uh, folding some clothes and I had the science channel on and they were talking about space and and the the uh there's a a object in space called the great wall and it is the largest known structure in the universe and it is full of galaxies and apparently you could put like 10,000 of our galaxies end to end to reach the length of this thing oh my gives God. you an idea and this is galaxies not just our solar system realize our solar system is is but a small piece of the galaxy that we're in the milky way 
And if you took our Milky Way and put 10,000 of them end to end to end to end to end, that would be the length of this great wall that they've seen that they discovered out in space. And to put that in perspective, one thing, one thing and one thing alone so far has, that has been launched from Earth and actually left our solar system. It's never, it's, it hasn't gotten out of our galaxy, just our solar system, one thing. And it's taken years, and that was the, the Voyager spacecraft. And the other Voyager, I guess, is near doing that as well. But, you know, that was launched in the 70s. And it's taken that long for it to get out of our solar system, much less out of our galaxy, which is then part of a local group of galaxies, which is then part of a cluster of galaxy uh, of, of, of solar systems inside the galaxy, which is then, you know, a galaxy is then part of supergroups of galaxies. And it's like, holy moly. Space is really, really big. Really, uh, yeah, really that big. is that is beyond comprehension. Yeah, yeah, it's just insane, you know. And and we can't find things that we lose on our ocean. <laughs> you know, I can't find my keys some morning. Yeah, some you mornings. Need, you need uh, <laughs> you you need an air tag from Apple. $29 to purchase an AirTag or four for, for $99. They'll be available April 30th. <laughs> Actually, I think they're available to so, order. I don't even know if they're available then. Probably ship I want to get some. I'm going to buy a package of four. I used the trackers uh, or the tiles, and they worked fine. But problem is, is that you know, if I leave something sitting somewhere, uh, not a lot of people are running the tile apps, so I never got notified where it was, or very seldom did. Um, I have, though, like when I was packing up, uh, we had like a, a you know end-of-season party at the pool one time, and everybody's gone, and I'm packing up my car to leave, and then realize I can't find my car keys. It's like, well, I came with them. They've got to be here somewhere. Um, and dawned on me, I got my phone, which was in my pocket, and made my tracker beep. And sure enough, it had fallen down inside of a cardboard box with some stuff in it in the back of my car. And so I was able to find my keys. And so, uh, you know, that one time nice. was worth having a tracker. And uh, uh, and so, yeah, I think this is a better way to do it. I will certainly buy a few of them and see how it goes. We can both try it and report on our experiences. There you go. I wonder if people will put leave them in their cars as kind of a a, a cheap low jack system. Um, well, as long as it's registered to you, then it wouldn't be a problem, right? It's just if it's registered, if somebody else did that, then you would get notified that hey, there's an unknown AirPod, Air Tracker, Airport. What was it called again? <laughs> the Air Doohickey. Um, yes. Yeah. So. Um, uh, this couple in Florida, just always crazy Florida stories. Um, they planned a lavish wedding. Courtney Wilson and Shanita Jones uh, had a, a had an elaborate wedding planned at a luxurious Florida mansion over the weekend. Mm -hmm. This now this luxury is no 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 joke. It's sixteen thousand three hundred and thirteen square feet, um, and it had you know like bowling alley and swimming pools and all of those sorts of things. Um, but the problem is, is that they didn't own the house and the owner of the house did not give permission for them to be there. So it wasn't so, like they leased the um, house for this. They just took a house. People weren't there. So they yes. Well, moved in. they attempted to take a house. Uh -huh. So um, the owner is uh, Nathan Finkel, who is <laughs> the son of early IHOP franchisee Abe Finkel. 
and he'd inherited his father's uh, share and grew it to 200 locations and then sold off the whole thing. And so the yeah. dude is loaded. Don't mess with the and, Finkel. Exactly. And so he put this, this 7.5-acre estate on the market in 2019, and it remained unsold. So um, Wilson came to check it out, claiming to be interested in buying it. Then months later, he asked Finkel if he could use the backyard for his wedding. Finkel said no and thought it was the end of that, um, except Wilson thought the property was empty, didn't realize that Finkel was actually living in it. And so he planned this. Th he thought, well, he's not going to be there. He's not going to know if I'm in the backyard. And he planned this shindig uh, and went over, you know, to, to gain access to the property. And Finkel an answered the door. <laughs> wow. Oops. So they had used photos and details from the couple's online wedding of the house and their online wedding invitation. Like they really made out like that they were going to use this house and they thought that they would use this house. Can you imagine? Yeah, there's an empty house. Nobody's buying it. We'll just go use that. Nobody will say anything. Yeah. yeah, people own things. Well, in California, they may be able to use the property. You know, I mean, they may be able to squat in the property. Florida yeah. doesn't have the same laws we do. Yeah. Yeah, people own things. You got to ask, and then they'll want you to pay. Yes. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, people are crazy. Stupid. Everything's stupid. <laughs> Everything's stupid. Yeah. Um, so the you want to hear stupid? Bryant... Oh. <laughs> the Apple AirTag has an Hermes version. Uh -huh. There's oh, an good Hermes grief. version, so there's a you you slide your AirTag into this little leather like carrier, and you can then loop the carrier over your purse or onto your suitcase. Um, the thirty dollar AirTag becomes a hundred and fifty dollar AirTag because you're. That you know, is the dumbest a, a, thing I've ever heard. Hermes AirTags. <laughs> well, you know. Oh wait a minute! I'm sorry. I was way underpriced. The keychain is three hundred and forty nine dollars. The Hermes bag charm is two ninety nine, and the Hermes luggage tag is four forty nine. Now the difference between them is one is a little leather dongle with a key ring on it, the other is a leather dongle with a skinny loop of leather for you to loop it around your purse and look cool, and the other one is a the air tag for luggage is uh, a leather dongle with a uh, little uh, attachment with a buckle on it so that it can then you know dangle from your suitcase. And I think if anybody saw these in the airport, and and I'm not one to encourage people. This is not me saying do it, but steal these things. Holy crap. Anybody stupid enough to spend $450 on a leather dongle to hang from their suitcase deserves to have it ripped off their suitcase and resold on the market. <laughs> oh, that's holy moly. Yeah. $450 for an Hermes luggage tag. Man, yeah, if you've got that kind of money to burn, send it to me. Well, yeah. I mean, wow. I, a fools, and their, fools and their money are soon parted. I will give you a Brinker luggage tag for that will be much, much more exclusive because I'll only make one of them for you. It'll be unique, and uh, and it will only cost you $449. Don't buy that Hermes garbage. Buy a Brinker. <laughs> if you go Brinker, you'll never get a stinker. <laughs> so Marketing um, campaign is built right in. That threw you, didn't it? So, <laughs> You're like, uh, it, it, it did. It, what it, do I it, say? It, did. <laughs> it, 
he did it through me. Yeah. By he the way, those me. air tags, the, the 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 basic air tags, they go on sale tomorrow, the twenty third. So uh, you can go to apple.com if you're in, interested in getting them. Um, my guess is they'll probably sell out pretty quickly. And so if you if when you start ordering them, they're going to say like shipping date tomorrow, shipping date next week, shipping date in two weeks, shipping shipping date is in three, shipping date sometime in June. <laughs> you know, that's how it typically goes. Um, so, so, you know, this, uh, story of Nikita, Nikia, what is her name? Nikia, um, uh, Bryant, the teenager who was stabbing another teenager and and was shot and killed by the police. Mm, Um, uh, so the police officer who fatally shot, uh, her, the, uh, the 16 year old in Columbus, Ohio on Tuesday has been identified as Nicholas Reardon. Uh, he's a white officer who has been with the force for a little over a year. He's been placed on admin leave while the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation investigates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nakia Bryant, uh, apparently the body camera, body camera footage shows Reardon shot Nakia Bryant uh, 10 seconds after arriving on the scene of a dis- disturbance. So she was actively shooting a much smaller girl or not shooting, stabbing, stabbing a much smaller girl. Yeah. And, um, she's shown charging her and falls to the ground and pinning another person against a car. Yeah. Apparently and and it's like a big butcher a knife. knife. It's not like a little pocket knife she pulled out either. I mean, this is not a small thing. No, it's not. You know what? And, the family uh, of the girl getting stabbed needs to speak up and say, thank you. You saved my child's life. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and but they're not. They're not. They're not. Nobody is saying that. They're saying that the cops shouldn't have shot Makia. Oh, of course, because they're going to. You know, I mean, if if you speak out and say something that goes against the 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 mob mentality of our of our news media and and just our our you know social structure right now, then you're the one who gets ta- uh, attacked and targeted, and people you know post your address publicly, and and you know they start throwing blood on your front door and and doing all kinds of horrific things. Uh, you know, things that they that, that many of those same people have complained that, you know, their ancestors were treated badly. So we're going to just treat you badly and use the same techniques to bully you into doing what we want you to do. So, you know, the thing about it is I've heard people say um, that that they that he could have wounded her. He could have shot the, the into the air or something like that. Um, he mm-hmm. could have done something that would have been less than lethal. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I've not, I, obviously he was trained to respond in a particular way and that's how he responded. Um, I don't, I don't think he set, woke up that morning thinking that he was going to kill a 16 year old. Oh, um, be a and the fact that she, you know? yeah. I mean, just that yeah. fact alone. And the fact that, I'm, I'm sorry? sorry. I said, just that fact alone has got to be horrific that he's got to wake up every yes. morning and know I took somebody's life, you know, now. He also saved somebody's life, very likely. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, and they keep they keep saying that Makia or Nakia, whatever her name is, Makia, um, that she is, you know, that she was a good girl, that she never did anything wrong, blah blah blah. But good girls who never do anything wrong don't generally start stabbing people. Right. Yeah. You know, I just. There, there are, I mean, there are some things where, you know, there are things where whether you're a police officer or not, it was, you, you clearly behaved badly. In this case, you know, he was protecting somebody who was being victimized by somebody else. 
you know, yeah, he maybe there could have been a different way of handling it, but he saved a life. And for that, you know, yeah, it needs to be investigated. They need to look at it and see if there was something that was handled wrong. But I can't see that this police officer is going to be, um, you know, you, you don't put this action, at least on the face of it, what we see so far, and very often more information comes out. But on the face of it, it looks to me like this is not something that's comparable, comparable to Derek Chauvin. This is not a guy who, who, who behaved in an outrageously ridiculous way. This is a this is a police officer who who came on a scene and saw somebody with a deadly weapon attacking somebody and he stopped it. And yeah, if he if he could have if he if he got to do a do over, I'm sure he would say if there was another way to stop it, I would have because that's not what I want to do. But, you know, there was somebody who's being attacked with a knife. I had to do something. Yeah. You know. And so, they, keep, they keep making a point of, well, he was only on scene 10 seconds or only on scene 20 seconds. So he should stand there and let her, let her stab her a few more times? What's he supposed to do? What, do you, what do you mean 20 seconds or 10 seconds? She was stabbing somebody. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm tired of these stories. Um, and the thing that, that, that's tiring, tiresome about it is that, uh, that there are other police-involved um, uh, shooting stories that, um, that are not picked up by the national news media. Uh, but the ones that are, that are are the most inflammatory. And it's very, very frustrating. Um, you know, I do my best to reserve judgment until, until all the facts are in. You know, I can, you know, to say... Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be manipulated. And if I find my, myself emotionally reacting to something, um, then, then I realize that, that I'm in danger of being manipulated. Okay, so mm-hmm. what am I actually seeing? What actually happened here? Um, and we, we, you know, I, I, I just think this is fuel for the mob. I really do. By the mob, I mean the people who are out there um, you know, wanting to tear down the entire system. You know, after the the verdict came in yesterday for the Derek Chauvin case or Tuesday, um, uh, you know, the people began saying, "This is not enough. We need to tear the whole thing down." Essentially, and it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, we don't. We need to ferret out bad cops and create an environment where good people want to be police officers because we need more police officers, not fewer. You know, and so I. I, I don't I don't want to get caught up in a situation where we're, you know, just railing against the police so that nobody wants to be a police or that we actually defund the police like we've talked about. So yeah. we're out of time. We can pick this up again tomorrow. But, um, you know, the media is creating a firestorm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, LeBron James posted a text saying your next hashtag accountability and uh, Senator Tom Cotton came back and said, LeBron James is inciting violence against an, uh, an Ohio police officer. This is disgraceful and dangerous. Um, and is the NBA okay with this? Is Twitter okay with this? LeBron James then took the, the, the tweet down and said, uh, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. This isn't about one officer. It's about an entire system. Uh, they always use our words to create more racism. I'm so desperate for more accountability. Um, you know, and and what he didn't say was, let's look at this. You know, let let's get all the facts before we start saying inflammatory things. You know, 
she may have been a great kid, but she lost her temper and she was threatening somebody's life. Doesn't mean she should have to lose her life for it, but she also had to be stopped. And, you know, you don't come rushing up on somebody. I mean, at 16, you're roughly adult size or real close to it, wielding a big knife, you know, because then you put yourself in danger. So, you know, he had to do something to stop her from killing this other child. And it's, it's a horrible, sad thing. Horrible, sad thing. No child should ever lose their life because of something like that. But they also shouldn't be wielding a big knife attacking people. Yeah, it's just, it's all. Yep. Okay, we got to get so going. So with that, we do. We're at the end of our show for today. Yeah, so thanks for joining us today. Hopefully we'll, we'll uh, have some happier news tomorrow. We'll try, we'll try. We'll try to dig out the good stuff. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. In a quick addendum, I uh, found that LeBron James did have a, another tweet where he essentially said, uh, anger doesn't do any of us any good. That includes myself. Gathering the facts and educating does. My anger is still here for what happened to that little girl. My sympathy for her family and may justice prevail. Thank you.